Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. to be here. I'm so thankful for all those pastors' voices and influences in our lives, and I wanted them just to send their encouragement and their belief in us and just their prophetic voice to say truly the best is yet to come. And there's a lot of people cheering on this church, um, not because we're awesome, but because what Jesus is doing in this church is awesome. And I believe that you have a place in this house, and today is a really great Sunday because it's anniversary Sunday, but here's my thing that I would encourage you And none of these things we're saying are just announcements. I just want you to know these are steps to take so that you can grow in your faith. It is also a Sunday that we call Circle Sunday. Our goal for you is to move from you're sitting in a row right now, and our goal for you is throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, to get in a circle where you can sit across from someone and be like, yo, my life is crazy right now. And they can say, mine too. Let's cry together. Let's pray together. And then let's try and continue to move forward and not do life alone. So when you leave today, there's going to be QR codes everywhere. And as we've said before, you can tap the disc to check out our circles directory for this fall season. I would encourage every single person here to get in a group, to get in a circle. If you'd say, you know what, Pastor Ryan, that's just not my thing. I'm like, well, it is a kingdom thing. So if you want freedom and healing in your life, it's not going to happen if you just come and sit and leave. You got to get around people. You got to get around people that you can open up with. Because scripture says that, yes, God will bring forgiveness to us, but where we find freedom and healing is when we confess our weaknesses to each other. And that's where we find strength. So I'm going to encourage you to get in a circle today. If you're a guy out there, I lead a Bible study every Tuesday at 6.30 a.m. And I'm telling you, if you're leading a family, leading a marriage, leading a business, trying to lead your life, you should be in the room Tuesdays at 6.30 as we build our life on the Word. I mean, we have so many other great ones from studies to interest ones to even a youth group that we're launching as well. So man, get involved. But today, I'm so excited because it is anniversary Sunday. I pretty much put all these important dates in my life right in one week. (laughs) So September 12th was Adrian and I's eight-year wedding anniversary. Come on, somebody. Woohoo! Made it. Eight years. I think it's easy from here on out, right? People that, no, I know, I still work, right? Still that dedication and that sacrifice. And then our church anniversary is September 15th, just a couple days ago. And then Teddy, our youngest, his birthday's tomorrow, all right in there, so I can remember them all, just jammed right in there. But I love it because I love being able to celebrate something, because what's celebrated gets repeated. If you don't hear anything today, hear this, you should celebrate what's going on in your life. And I believe the best thing you can celebrate is what Jesus is doing in your life or can do. Maybe you feel like, I don't think God can do anything through me. I promise you he can if you just trust him, if you just lean on him. Let me share with you another picture from four years ago. This is our first ever Sunday at Hillsborough High School on September 15th, 2019. It was awesome. Come a long way since then. You can tell that was a very stripped down Sunday. I have memories from that morning like tattooed in my brain. First off, our setup team drove out our U-Haul to our storage unit at five o'clock in the morning. Come on, somebody, that's dedication right there. Waking up at 5 a.m. Our storage unit was right next door to a nightclub. 
So people are leaving the nightclub and we're getting ready to build church, right? Like at the same time, we're wheeling the crates up. We show up to the school praying that the janitor is gonna be there to open the doors for us. Cause I'm telling you, there has never been more stress in our life. Happened, happened a few Sundays where we go to open the door and it's locked and, you're like, and we're like, whoa, yo, we gotta go now or we're not gonna get this thing set up. And so we set up for the hours, figuring all this thing out for the first time. And then you know you have issues, you have delays. And so I remember our service started at 10.30 and we like kind of finished setting up at like 10.15, getting everything ready. And so I was in like gym clothes and I ran out to the, to the, to get to the car to get my change of clothes. And I'm in the bathroom, like putting on my pants and buttoned up my shirt. And people that are coming to church are like walking in and I'm like, oh no, I'm like, you know, changing like right there. And I'm like, hey, welcome to local city. <laughs> and they're like, I'm never coming back here. This guy's naked in the bathroom. You never... You never try to try to lead an altar call at the end of service when like people saw you with your pants around your ankles getting ready, sweating, buttoning up your shirt, right? But man, it was fun. It was crazy. It was stressful, but it was fun. And I remember there's a lot to be said about this picture because we got through the whole morning and then our photography team came up to me and said, Ryan, we're so sorry. Something happened when we plugged in all our SD cards that it deleted every single photo that we took. And in my mind, I was like, hey, that's okay. We at least got the day done. We'll be time for more pictures. What I love about this picture is that this picture was taken by someone just with their phone during the morning. And it reminded me as I was going through just thinking about the past four years that that's what the vision of the church has always been about anyway. The people in the seats. That you can realize that there's a memorable moment happening here. That Jesus is in this place. That our hands are up not because we're performing or because we're trying to do something because we've received love from Jesus and we know that we can experience him. I love that. Like, I just want you to know this church is not about me or anyone on stage. It's first and foremost about Jesus, about loving God, but really then it's about you and it's about the other lost people in our city who need to know that hope has a name and that name is Jesus. So like I've said before, the best is yet to come. So celebrate with us today, but I would encourage you to come back next week as we talk about where God is taking us through Vision Sunday 2023, where we talk about, hey, we believe big things. Can I just challenge you? You should believe big things from God for your life, that you should pray big prayers that overwhelm you, that excite you, and realizing it may start in a living room, but four years later, here's where we are. And we truly believe that God is gonna do some amazing things. And I wanna help you today. Honestly, that's all I wanna do, is I wanna help you today. I want you to know that you can experience God and know freedom in your life and discover your purpose. And I just wanna take you on a journey. In this last month, we've been in a collection of talks called Better Choices, Better Life. I want you to know that your choices matter. The real big truth that we've been leaning into is that we should not be led by our emotions or feelings. That yes, they are real. I'm not telling you to suppress those things. But they are, they are sometimes really only good indicators, but not good influencers. They're good signals, but not things that should steer our life. What really should lead our life is choices and decisions. And I wanna give you some things today to help you make some better choices. And I truly believe if you make better choices, a better life will come. And today, here's what I wanna talk about. The title of today's conversation is First and Most. First and Most. Turn to the person next to you, tell them first. I'm a little first. Turn to the person on the other side, tell them most. Most. First and Most. What we're talking about today. 
And where does this come from? Well, it comes from the scripture that we see in Psalm 37, three through five, that says this, trust in the Lord and do good. I love these next couple words here. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. I honestly believe that's what God wants for you today, to live safely in the land, to live safely in his house that he's given us, and then prosper. And this is not like a prosper thing, like, yo, look, you know, look all the things God will give you. No, it's look how much significance God has given your life, how much blessing God can pour out on you, how much purpose God can breathe into you to remind yourself that there's a lion inside of me to begin to roar the name of Jesus in my life, that I would take delight in the Lord and, give our, and he will give us our heart's desires. Here's the big line, a big choice. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Last line, my invitation to you today, trust him and he will help you. Trust him, I promise you. Trust him and he will help you. As we go through this today, again, I want you to make sure that you can follow us along and stay connected to the message. You can find the Sunday message notes in your hand with the pamphlet that you were given, but also on the tap disc as well. But here's what I want you to write down. It's that the quality of your choices will determine the quality of your life. I've made some bad choices in my life. Can I get a good amen, anybody that's with me? Any bad choices out there that you remember? A few of us, all right. Please, the rest of you, share your secret because we're desperate. We need some help. We've made some bad choices, right? We've made some decisions that we wish we could take back with things that we've either, we've either said or done. And today, I want you to know that you can lean into a better choice and a new quality choice. But again, what does it start with? Building even more in the book of Psalms in chapter 31, David says again, but I trust in you, Lord, and this is what I want for you today. I say you are my God. Today I want you to realize that it's not Pastor Ryan's God, it's not Adrian's God, it's not local city's God, he's yours. And he personally wants to have a moment with you today. And what does David pray? My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. So as we pray and open up today and really open our hearts and listen and lean in, here's my choice, our choice today, is that I will seek first the one who matters most. I will, this is your choice today, your declaration. I wanna take you on a journey today of this choice. I will seek first the one who matters most. As you finish writing that down, will you pray with me today? Father, we just take a, take a moment right now to take a deep breath to let go of anything that we're holding on to right now and truly just give you a chance to speak to us. We listen and we lean in. God, be with us here in this room. Be with all of our incredible kids in local city kids right now. Help them see that Jesus loves them and wants to be their very best friend. We love you, Lord. And today we're praying for a little blessing that our bucks will go to and up today. In Jesus' name, we all say, come on, give me a good amen and keep that cheer going. Welcome everybody that's watching for Local City Church online today. So glad that you're with us. You're part of the family. Let us know you're watching in the comment section today. So I believe that this whole idea of choices is really key to lean into. And I believe that one of the most important things that we can do is really just to make the decision in our relationship with Jesus to keep showing up. But like I told you before, I'm not perfect. I've made some bad decisions. You ever make a bad decision, a bad choice, and you knew as you were making it, it was a really bad choice? Anybody when like, you just did it anyway? You're like, I know this is bad. I remember in high school, when I was a senior, this may be hard to believe, but my mom is here, she'll tell you. 
I was a big procrastinator when it came to homework. Like, I just like, it, I was like, not, nah, assignment could have, could have it for the whole semester, doing it the night before, right? Where are my procrastinators at? Anybody there? All right, they're not raising their hand because they're like, I'll do it later. <laughs> right, but that's me, okay? So like, I remember there was this big essay that uh, we needed for the magnet program that I was in in high school, and man, I just gotta, I just gotta tell you, I didn't do it. <laughs> like, I just didn't do it, totally put it off to the side, and I'm saying, parents, just let you know, I'm not telling you to follow my example if your kids here, tell them, don't follow my example. But I remember it got to like the night before, and I was like, oh man, maybe I can just find some paper online, right? Or like maybe find a friend's paper that they had sent me to as a sample. So I remember I did this whole elaborate thing. I was like, hey man, I, I had a friend who had graduated who had done the same project, and I was like, hey man, I'm trying to do my essay. Could you send me yours just so I can get some ideas about it, get some, you know, inspiration? He was like, yeah man, of course, let me help you. And in my mind, I knew like, I'm not that's not for inspiration, that's for straight up plagiarization. <laughs> like, like, I'm just gonna take this thing and put my name on it, that's exactly what I did. And in high school, they had you do this thing where you had to upload your essay to turnitin.com. And if you remember this, what it would be is if everything, every paper that was submitted was put on this site so that they could prevent plagiarizing. And I knew this, and I knew that my friend had done this a year ago. So in all the willingness of a silly senior in high school, I willingly uploaded that thing to the turnitin.com website and got called into my English teacher's class the next day and said, hey, um, Ryan, uh, your essay came back 99% in the red that you copied this thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I was just, so I was like, okay, we'll go redo it, get it all done. But the whole thing was like I did end up getting like a zero uh, for the magnet program because you, you needed an English score to get the IB diploma that I was going for. I got a zero, but I, but I realized that I still wanted this diploma. And so they gave me a chance to actually come back a year later and redo the essays and redo the tests so that I could receive this diploma that I had worked for. Now, I had a choice in my mind. I was like, man, it's embarrassing to have to come back a year later. I've been in college a year, and I'm coming back to high school to fill out these tests, that, and, I, and everyone knows why I'm there, because you know word travels. I'll even prove it to you. When Adrian told people that she was dating a guy named Ryan Miller, there was literally a couple people that were like, is that the guy that cheated on his essay? Over it, like, I'm not, that she will tell you that's true. And, and I remember coming back and like, you know, kind of feeling that embarrassment, but, man, I, but I, I want to achieve this. Like, I don't want to not have this. I want to finish what I started. And so I just made the decision, I'm going to keep showing up. I remember when we first moved here, and we were planting this church, and everything about planting a church, if you've started a business or started something, you know that the first fight is just like building credibility. Like you're gonna do what you said you're gonna do. And so I remember I got invited to pray for the National Day of Prayer Breakfast for all the leaders in the city of Tampa. It was over at Armature Works, and I got invited to pray at this event. And so I was praying for it, and I always like to make prayer accessible to people because sometimes I think we over-spiritualize it, over-make it a big religious thing. And so I like to like, lean in a little bit and say, hey, pray about what's on your heart, like I just did with the Bucks, because you know, hey, Florida State's 3-0, the Bucks go 2-0, let's go, I'll pray for it. If God does something awesome, but at least I can say I prayed for it, right? So I remember at the end of it, I prayed, because the Lightning were about to step into the playoffs, our, our hockey team, and I said, and Lord, please help the Tampa Bay Lightning bring back the Stanley Cup this year. Now, a few years later, that sounds good, but let me tell you the year I actually prayed that, 
was the year that they were the best team in hockey, and then immediately at the day after I prayed that prayer, got swept in the first round of the playoffs and didn't win a game. And I was like, well, I just burned all the credibility I had as a pastor with all these important leaders in the city. But I think the reason that I can keep taking steps forward is just because I'm maybe too silly enough to quit. I just keep trusting God and keep showing up and realizing that God loves a broken vessel. God loves a person that has failed but continues to show up. And we see this in the book of John. In John 20, verse 24 through 25, I want to give you the context first. So the context is Jesus has died on the cross, and the disciples have totally panicked because the person they gave their life to just died. Imagine giving your life for three years to a guy who said he was the son of God, and then he ends up for a few days losing. He dies. So imagine the fear and anxiety and stress you would have. The disciples were kind of so panicked and so afraid that they went and locked themselves in their house all together because they were afraid that what happened to Jesus was going to happen to them. But we know the story. Three days later, Jesus walked out of that grave alive, and I love the posture of Jesus, is that he presents himself and appears to the people that he cares about and that are going through a tough time. John 20 says that Jesus just popped in through the locked doors and the walls and said, yo, peace be with you. I would need some peace if I'm locked down, afraid, in a dark room, and Jesus pops in out of nowhere, yo, bro, a little warning next time. Like, you're the son of God. Maybe you could give a little bit of a warning. But what happens is there's a guy, there's a disciple by the name of Thomas that's not there. And here's where we pick it up in John 20, 24 through 25. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, love that the Bible talks about nicknames, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers in them and place my hand in the wound in his side. What's interesting about this verse is that if you grew up in church at all, you realize that this story, this passage, this true event here, labeled Thomas for 2,000 years doubting Thomas. When in my opinion, he just kind of did every single thing that you and I would do. Like, someone tells you, hey, guess what? This guy rose from the dead. Well, I didn't see it. Well, he did. Well, I don't believe you, because I didn't see it for myself. I'm a visual learner. I probably would have done exactly what Thomas did. And it's interesting to look in this story and say, unless I can do this, I just can't believe. And isn't it interesting that, that it's the unbelief that can distract us from the realities that Jesus has for us. But I, here's what I love about Thomas, as we're going to see, is that he had pre-decided something in his life. Fill this out. This was a kind of a statement we've been using the whole collection of talks, is that the key is to decide now what you will do later. I can't promise you that your life's always going to go great. I can actually promise you that you're going to walk through some tough times. Could I encourage you to pre-decide right now that you'll never give up on God, that you'll never give up on showing up in his house and in his presence, even when you don't want to. I can tell you story after story in my life where I had every reason why not to, but I still did. Well, I had every doubt and unbelief in my mind, but I realized there was just something I couldn't turn my back on. And my hope is for maybe those of you in here that it's your first time in church or you have a past of church, but you've been hurt by the church, man, I'll sit down and I'll talk about the church hurt that I've experienced and I'll identify with it. I know it's hard. But man, that was people that wasn't God. We're imperfect. People are going to mess up. But the church, the house of God, 
It was God's idea. So you will never find the full life and promise that Jesus has for you outside of this house, the capital C Church. To decide now to never give up on trusting God, being in his house, finding your purpose and making a difference in others' lives and giving and trusting him with your generosity. Thomas had decided, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to show up. You know why? There's this instance a few chapters earlier where Jesus is kind of saying all these things about what the disciples are going to do. You're going to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. You're going to see miracles happen. And Thomas, again, just a thinker, just a question asker, says, okay, awesome, Jesus. Like, what does that mean? Like, how are we going to do this? And Jesus responds to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One statement that I believe that was all Thomas needed to decide to keep showing up. You know what, I didn't see Jesus raised from the dead, but I do remember when he said he was the way, he was the truth, he is the life. So I'm just gonna keep showing up. As we, as we go in the chapter to verse 26 through 28, I love this, it says, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time, Thomas was with them. Can I encourage you to never give up being with God's people in his house because you never know what could happen. Thomas could have said this, and this may resonate in our culture today. He could have said, oh, you know what? Jesus didn't care that I wasn't here. He showed up to all of you. Didn't care about me. I'm never coming back here because obviously he doesn't care about me. We can let bitterness and resentment and offense make us totally step out of the house when in just a few days later, you were going to have the experience and moment that would change your life. What's it say? The doors were locked. Again, I love that, again, the disciples had already seen Jesus, but they're still locking the doors. <laughs> like, for some of us, we've seen Jesus. We've seen him move in our life. We've seen miracles happen, but we're still locking the doors. We're still saying, I'm a little afraid of the world, Jesus. So I know you're going to come. I'm going to lock the doors just in case. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, another peace be with you, ah, moment. And then he says, I love this. It doesn't say he says to them. He says to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And this is the statement that no one had said about Jesus until right now. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. No one had said that about him. Isn't it interesting that this powerful moment, this declaration of truly who Jesus is, my Lord and my God, comes out of two things. One, a moment of brokenness in fear and unbelief, but also a dedication to Jesus. I'm just going to keep showing up because where else am I going to go? And if you have risen from the dead, I want to be in the room to experience you and know you. Come on, isn't that good to know? Isn't that a good, encouraging thing to stand on? And I love what Jesus says. He says to Thomas, hey, I'm going to do exactly what you said to prove to you that I'm God. Maybe today you need a moment where you have, I need to know this, Jesus. And I need to see it. I'm not going to tell you that if you say, well, Jesus, I just need to know that you're going to pay my bills tomorrow or give me this or give me that. Because this wasn't about just see, seeing wounds. This was about a deep thing. Like Thomas needed to know that Jesus was broken for him. And maybe 
today, at some point, here at church or later on, you could say, Jesus, I just need to know that you have been broken and that you can come close to me and that you can know the hurts that I've experienced because I know that you've been hurt and I want to find the healing that only you can give. I promise you that if you would just close your eyes, take five minutes and say, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself to me, I just believe he will. But we never just slow down and do that. We never just slow down and say, you know what, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know you. And I love the fact that it's in Jesus' wounds that breaks through Thomas's life. So many times, like, we can focus so many on our own wounds. But I believe when you realize that the Son of God came to this earth not just to be served, but to serve and give his life, and he was pierced for our transgressions. He was whipped and beaten for our sin. And he took on the sin, and he took on the payment and punishment that I deserved for my sin. And he conquered it when he walked out of that grave alive. And he says, hey, look, you know what it says? It means that Jesus still has those wounds, and he's going to wear them throughout eternity to remind us how much we are worth to God. How much, how far God is willing to go to let you know that you're forgiven and set free. I just love this story because I love the dedication of Thomas to just be there. And as, all, as, as we can make fun of the disciples of locking the doors and doing all this, scholars say that what the disciples were doing is that they were kind of gathering together still on Sunday evenings. They would do this thing where they would gather together and they would say Maranatha, which literally means God come. And scholars say that might have been, even in their fear and their anxiety and their stress, this is what the disciples were doing. Even after Jesus died, and it was dark, and it, they were defeated, but on that third day, they were glad they were still praying, God, come, because Jesus showed up in the room. Can I encourage you to never give up saying, God, come into my life. I need you. I feel dark. I feel defeated. I feel low and weak right now. But if you come, that can change in a minute. Come on. If you're thankful that that is the God that we believe in, come on. And I believe they had the first church service right there. Jesus pops in. Now, we didn't pop in with like, a, hey, we're going to do a three-week study on this. He's like, hey, this is what church is about. I'm here in the room. I'm here with you. That's what today is about. That's what these four years have been about, to realize that we're bringing hope local, that hope is not an emotion or a feeling that you have to chase and feel, but it's a person that has a name, and his name is Jesus, and you can choose to receive him and have him and walk with him in your life because he's first and most. Let me give you three quick things as we close. I'm going to invite the band up. How do I choose first and most? Number one is actually really simple. Get close to God. Get close to God. And I believe I have some tools for you on how to get close to God. At Local City, we call it this, the first 15. The first 15 minutes of every day are not social medias, are not my kids, are not my families. I, it's, it's God's. And I spend five minutes in worship, five minutes in God's word, and five minutes in prayer. And I start the day that way because I know it brings me closer to God and he is the one I need first and foremost. It brings Jesus' voice into my life first and most important so that I need it the rest of the day to be a better husband, to be a stronger father, to be a better influence for Jesus throughout the day. I promise you, come back next week, do your first 15 every day this week, and I promise you, I can stand on this guarantee, you will feel closer to God. You will know that you're closer to God. The problem is, we want the thing, but we don't want to do what gets us the thing. 
The other thing is, how do you get close to God? Be where he lives. Where does he live? Here. He lives in you, but he also inhabits the praises of his people. Let me just challenge you. You can't follow and get close to God on your own. There's a lot of belief right now in Christian culture that says, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Because that's like you saying, hey, Ryan, I I really love you, but I don't like your wife. Awesome, I want nothing to do with you. She's my wife. She's way more important than you. And I've given my life to her. She's not leaving. You probably will. Jesus gave his life for the church. I'm going to give my life for the church. The church is always going to be important to me. Will it hurt me? Yes, I can tell you some stories. But I'm never going to give up on it. I'm going to keep showing up. Some of you have given up on the church because of what someone did to you, and the enemy loves it. Meanwhile, we're saying, hey, the doors are open every week. Why don't you come join us? Because, yeah, we, we're, mista- we're messed up, mistake-driven people, <laughs> but we're not prideful. We know we're messed up, and we just want to experience the hope of Jesus. Proverbs eight seventeen, the book of wisdom. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. And how do you get connected to the house? I grew up in a very boring expression of church, and I want local city to be a very life-giving expression of church. So the best way you can do that, last Sunday of every month, have a fun little thing we call party with the pastor. You may say, that's silly. Yeah, but I just want you to come hang with me and hear the vision and values of the church. I want to feed you. I want to tell you, this can be home. Give us a chance. Second thing is this, how to choose first and foremost. Come to the party. It's going to be awesome. Last Sunday of the month, next week. How to choose first and foremost. Just cling to God. I love the fact that it wasn't just about Thomas showing up and getting close to Jesus. There had to be a moment where he clinged to the wounds that were in Jesus' hands. Can I tell you that the beauty of this moment is that it reminds us the evidence that Jesus wears, how much he loves you. And I gotta tell you, I can't control what happens in my life, but I can control how tightly I cling to Jesus. Joshua 23, eight, the leader Joshua telling the people of Israel, rather instead of all this other stuff, continue to cling tightly to the Lord your God. If you've done this until now, don't give up. Every time God's people led to their own destruction, it's because they started to do this with God. Please, if you've done this with God, can you just reverse it for me and just come back to him today? It's just, I mean, you may feel a thousand steps away from Jesus. He's one step away. You know what that step is? You've been moving a thousand steps this way, but every step of the way, Jesus has been right here. And he's your one step today to cling to Jesus is just to go, oh, you've been there the whole time. You'll get a lot of other, you'll have to work out a lot of other stuff. I'm still working on my healing and freedom, but I'm clinging to Jesus every day. Last thing is this, trust God called you. Second Thessalonians 2.14, he called you to salvation. Jesus did not call you to religion, did not call you to legalism and rules and things to do. He called you to salvation, which is relationship. When he told us what? The good news. Not the heavy news, not the burdens, not the have-tos. The good news that we messed up, but God saved us. That we were broken, but Jesus healed us. That we were dead in our sin, but now made alive in Jesus Christ. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus. When we worship, I'm not just jumping up and down because it's a live concert. I'm lifting my hands and jumping up and down because I know I'm sharing in the presence of God with hundreds of other people in the room. And I need that. 
I need to express my devotion. I need to realize that in that moment, God has called me. Can I remind you, God's called you. What does he say? Hey, Thomas, I know you're not, I know you're doubting right now. I know you have unbelief, but here I am. Come on, bro. And I would say, Jesus is saying, I'm here, I'm calling you. Turn down the other voices for a minute. Turn down your own voice for a minute. Just realize I've called you. I'm telling you what, there are a lot of moments in these last four years I didn't want to show up. I still stress every Sunday, are people going to be here this morning? And I think it's good for you to know that. But it's also good for you to know that I don't, I don't identify with those things. They're real emotions. They're real feelings. I grew up with a lot of insecurity. But guess what? I'm not led by my emotions. I'm not led by my feelings. I'm not led by what people have done to me or said about me. I'm led by the fact that God, my Father, has called me. And I don't want anyone in this church to ever feel like they'll have to look on the outside looking in. You're invited. God's called you. We're calling you. Maybe you've never heard Jesus expressed this way. He's calling to you right now to just do this. Maybe you were in church for a while. You were serving. You were giving your life to Jesus. You loved it. I would, I would ask, do you miss it? Because we miss you. God misses you. And instead of running towards your own things, why don't you just trust God today? Verse in the beginning said he'll give you the desires of your heart. I've seen that come to play. And I'm thankful that Local City has been a steady, single, small step of obedience every single day for four years. And what I know about the call of God is that if I just take small, simple, specific steps of obedience in the right direction over a long period of time, it will lead to breakthrough. It will lead to freedom. It will lead to the full, meaningful life that Jesus promises. And I know I can't find it anywhere else. There's always hope. This hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. I've given my life to this, and I invite you to do the same because there is nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing that broken person come into this place, and that may be you. And in that moment when we say, Can you, do you want to say yes to Jesus today? And those hands shoot up. You realize that, man, a life is being changed. Generations are being changed. And when we get to baptize you and we dunk you in that water and bring out that new life in you that only Jesus can give, man, there's nothing better. It does, there is no comparison to realizing that. I believe Thomas realized there is no comparison to getting close to Jesus, to holding on to him and realizing that no matter what, in my unbelief and in my fear, he still calls me and he says hey stop being so faithless just trust me I got you can I tell you today God's got you he loves you just give him everything you got give the church give God's house a year of your life come to church get in a circle start serving start giving see what God does in a year I can introduce you to dozens of people who have done that and man if after a year your life isn't different I'll help you go find a church and we'll leave together because clearly we're not doing it the right way. But I believe if you do it, God will move. If you don't believe me, I challenge you to put me to the test and put the word of God to the test. I'm a little competitive, so like, oh yeah, let's go. I would love for you to do that because I know your life will change. I know Jesus will do something in your life. Get close to God. Cling to him at all times. Trust God's called you. Don't give in to your emotions. Make better choices today. And the best choice you can do is to keep Jesus as first and most. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as we close?
going to party, we're going to have a good time, we're going to sign up for circles, get some free shirts. But honestly, we, we live that way and we celebrate the way we do for this moment. I love the fact that, you know, I've been going for four years and seen hundreds of people come through the doors and every name has a story. Every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to God. And this is where your story can change. Not circumstantially change overnight, but directionally, you can change your story right now. Maybe it's your first time in church in a long time. Maybe you've been hurt in the past, but you just want to give Jesus another chance, just like Thomas did. Here's your moment. What I want to do is I just want to pray for you. Every, every head bowed and every eye is closed. This is a personal moment between you and Jesus, but I want you to know as your pastor, I want to pray for you and let you know that I see you. And I want to do anything I can to serve you and help you. If you would say today, you know what, on this party anniversary Sunday, I want to change direction of my life. I want to start showing up again with Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want to say yes to him for the first time. Or I want to rededicate my life back to him. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.